and I would be able to live the kind of life I envisioned for myself. And I would be able to focus on my work, my writing. And I also had a sitar. I wanted to practice with that. And I wanted to be able to be in an environment which is more supportive. In this episode, we will talk about moving to India, doing various new practices that involves fighting your inner self, and finally be able to find peace in creating a chosen family. We'll dive right into Barbara Bray's courageous story, where she moved from the United States to London, and now calling India her home. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you just charge up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Barbara Briggs. Hi, Barbara. Please introduce yourself. My name is Barbara Ann Briggs, and I'm a writer. And uh, and uh, I have a podcast on called Essence of Life. I also have a YouTube channel called Living Wisdom, Barbara Briggs. And I'm a teacher of Transcendental Meditation and a certified consciousness advisor. So I've, I've been um, writing articles for many, many years. And I enjoy giving interviews on various aspects of spiritual life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so as we're moving forward now to the question is, what is your one courageous story that you would like to share today? Well, um, the story I'd like to share is my decision to leave the West permanently and live in India. I decided mm-hmm. I made that decision um, in 2000, 2001. I shifted all my life to India. It was it was a decision based on several visits to India over the over the over the several years that I was living in England, I I visited Mm -hmm. India several times. And actually the first time I set foot in India, I felt that finally I had found my home. I was born in New York City and actually I never felt New York, I never felt New York was my my city and I never felt the USA was my country. I felt that um, the values which were expressed in the country were not my values. And I felt I was in the wrong place. I, I felt that one day I would I would leave the country and I would live in a completely different environment, a different culture. And that's exactly what happened. I, I did leave America after I graduated from New York University. I, I left to go and study um, in England. I studied dance in England after my philosophy degree. And then while okay. I was in okay. while I was a dancing student, I actually um, met Mahashi Mahesh Yogi. He came to London to give a talk at the London Albert Hall, and, and after meeting Maharishi, he's a great, great scientist, a great saint. I decided to um, go to Switzerland and become a teacher of transcendental meditation. Ooh. After that um, change in my life, I became much more um, aware of the Vedic tradition of knowledge, the tradition of knowledge that has its roots in India and the great spiritual wealth of, of India. And that turned my attention to the country, India. Excuse me. And I did go to India several times while I lived in England. I, I went to India to study um, Sanskrit for some time in Varanasi. Mahashi encouraged us to learn Sanskrit. And then I also went to India to study sitar. I I, I was um, very much um, uh, an appreciate. I appreciated the Indian classical music very much. And I met a teacher in in England who said she would teach me the sitar. 
So I went to India to study with her. That was that was another trip to India, which helped to influence my decision. Then in 2001, I I decided that I would go and and focus my life on spiritual development and live in a culture which supported that desire of mine to live a very simple life focused on knowledge and on meditation. So I applied to the Indian High Commission in London and I asked for the five-year visa. The five-year visa is really reserved for people who are, who are actually um, have relatives in India. Who are, who oh, are yeah, have, I remember your story about this, the five-year. You know, or, they, or that they ha- are married to some India, an Indian person or they have some relatives in India or yeah. they have some, some um, biological link to India. Well, I didn't have any of these things, but I applied for the visa anyway. Um, a few weeks later, I received my passport back in the mail. And believe it or not, my passport was stamped with a five-year continuous visa. And I was so overjoyed. I, I just jumped up and down. I was so happy. And then a few days later, I got a call from the high commissioner. And he said, oh, I, I wasn't supposed to give you this visa. Um, it, it's against the law. <laughs> and I said, I said, I guess I, guess I was meant to have it. And I'm I'm going to India to for my spiritual life, and I I want to focus on meditation and knowledge. Is is there a, um, was there a, once once they gave it to you once he once they gave you the passport was there a way for them to re- take it back or rescind it because oh, it was I think I think he just wanted to know who it was he actually gave it to. Ah. He wanted to have some contact with the person to make mm-hmm. sure that it was it was the right thing to do. But once he spoke to me on the telephone, he realized that I was very sincere and that I was going for a very noble cause. And yeah. then he felt then he said to me, I hope you have a wonderful time in India. I hope you really enjoy your your, your time there. And I said, thank you very much. And he said, I, I think it's God's will that you're meant to go. I said, I, I think it was God's will that I was meant to go. And being a you know Indian person, he agreed with me. He felt it was also God's will. Indian people are very aware of these types of things. So um, I was very happy. I did get the, the visa I wanted. A five-year continuous is very difficult to get. You can only get it from England. You can't get it from the USA. You can't? They can only give give a visa from the USA where you have to leave every six months. You can have five years, but every six months you have to go out of the country. Whereas in England, they can give you the five-year continuous where you don't have to leave the country at all for five years. Wait, so like, so it's, you stay in India, but you can only stay there for six months and then you gotta leave and then you come back? No, you have to go out of the country, like go to Nepal or go somewhere else and then come back. Every six months. Yeah. Oh, and for that's, that's that's England, cool. it's five years. You can stay there for five years continuously. Like you said, you don't have to go, have yeah. to go anywhere. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. So for me, I, it was much better for me because I didn't want to travel out of the country. For six <laughs> so I, I don't really need happy to do that. No. And um, so I, I did. I, I shifted all my luggage. I, I sent all my possessions by ship, by boat from... Um, London and the shipping company took care of it and three months later it arrived in Delhi so I I did I made all the preparations and it was a decision that I made I just felt that um, it was the culture that would support my my desire and I would be able to live the kind of life I envisioned for myself and I would be able to focus on my work my writing and 
I also had a sitar. I wanted to practice with that. And I wanted to be able to be in an environment which is more supportive. And I wanted to be able to live without having to think about money all the time. Whereas in the West, you always have to think about how expensive the food is, how expensive the rents are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, say, well, at least in New York, it is just like that. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. So in most of America, I think. So <laughs> and you always have to be worried about the purity of the food. So um, I, I, also, I I wanted to be free of those constraints. And so I did make that decision and I did move to India. And basically, I, <laughs> now I've lived in India more than 20 years. It, it, I have gone back um, after my five-year visas expired. I, I went back. I have had two different five-year visas. And now um, it's been over 20 years and I'm still in India. I've decided to, um, yeah. So amazing. I love it. To stay here for the rest of my life. So anyway, like yes, India is like your, it, India is is your home. You knew it the moment. Well, it, is, it, it is my home. I, I feel very comfortable with the people. I I can read and write Hindi. I'm not that fluent because I Ooh. spend so much time working in my room on, in my, on my books. Yeah. But um, it's very it's a it's a good place to live. Everything is so inexpensive. I mean, it, the food costs hardly anything. And now they have organic farmers markets. You can get the food organically in a, you know, quite easily. And people are so friendly in the shops. They're so friendly. They're so helpful. They always want to help help you out if you need anything. And basically, you know, it's it's a good place. It's a good place for me. I feel I feel quite happy here. And I have no desire to go to go back to the West at all. Yeah. So I've had a lot of support for my life and my work, and I'm I'm very satisfied with that. How did um? Thank you. It's almost like thank you for sharing that, Barbara. It's it's an inspiration of like what you knew what you wanted, what you knew what you needed, and also spiritually too. You know, decides like you know I want to follow what my heart wants, what what like feels good for me, and you're deciding that to pretty much pick up your I mean you have to do the you have to renew it every five years but pretty much picking up your bags and now India is your home I'm curious about um family so I know of course like you created your own family in India now right but I guess actual like mom and dad siblings extended family like blood related how does that when how did that come about until now too well when i left for india uh, my, my father my father left the family when i was very young and i never mm-hmm. saw him again yeah. as for my mother my mother passed passed away many years ago before i left for india my mother had passed away mm. she had a stroke and and she well she she was no longer alive when i made that decision yeah my mother knew even when i was finishing university that i wasn't happy in america and she actually thought maybe i would be happier in europe and so i did go to england to to live after i graduated from from university as for my siblings um they're so involved in the business world in america um believe it or not they've never called me even once in in 20 years oh i hate to say that but it's true and um, they hardly ever write. My one of my sisters is like a top executive in Accenture, and she's never called. 
and she she writes to me maybe once a year and basically you know my, my, nobody in my family really communicates hardly at all they just mm-hmm. have their own life it's totally different than my life I did initiate a few members of my family into meditation but they didn't continue though they had good experiences at the beginning they didn't continue the practice and they know that my life is completely different from theirs and they've gotten used to me not being there and there's you know there's my life is just my choice mm-hmm. and i think they realize that my choice is not to live in america and i didn't have a close relationship with anyone other than my mother and when my mother passed away i knew it was time for me to to move on and there was nothing holding me to america anymore so because my brothers and sisters don't have not communicated with me hardly at all all these years there's no real um bond that that's been broken it just wasn't there so yeah. it didn't have to be broken it simply didn't exist so i i feel i feel very happy with my life and i have my guru bhais and guru bens that means sisters and brothers in the spiritual movement that i'm in i have brothers and sisters in that movement that have known me for many many years and when i meet them i feel much more um a much stronger bond of friendship and i feel that um my desire for friendship close friendships is fulfilled by the people in the movement in the spiritual and the te- transcendental meditation movement mm-hmm. and i feel very happy with that and they appreciate my work and they like me to um interact with them a lot i have 3000 friends on facebook as well <laughs> so um, everyone's calling and asking to be my friend on facebook so soon i'll have so many that i won't be able to take any more friends so <laughs> nature has fulfilled that des- <laughs> nature has fulfilled that desire um in quite in quite a large way so yeah. yeah it's yeah it's different once you realize at least now that you mentioned about being close with your mom but then with your sibling not as much and then moving with you know with the brothers and sisters that you made in india and then i forgot what what were they called again so it was a specific term guru ben and guru bai that means the spiritual ben, brothers guru ben and guru spiritual bai. brothers and sisters guru bai is is brothers and guru ben is sisters sisters um, ben is the bai means brother ben is for sisters bai is for brothers it's good to know that i just saw I remember put it in my mental note if just to just to have to learn. Um I know you mentioned about like also learn the spiritual practice of I think sar star I I is it transcendental meditation meditation I I'm, I'm a teacher of transcendental meditation and I learned transcendental meditation in England while I was there. How is it now? As taught by Maharshi Mahesh Yogi. Yeah. How so how, how long have you been doing that and how is it now too? I'm just curious on that. I've been doing it for many 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 years. You know, more than 30 years. 30 years. And okay. and and um I've I I've um I met Maharshi as I mentioned in London. and it's a wonderful practice it's a simple natural effortless mental technique which allows the mind to settle down to its state of least excitation and one experiences the state of unbounded awareness 
awareness free from all boundaries. It's a state of pure consciousness. It's the awareness of who we really are, the awareness of the self. And it, it really um, is a state of infinite peace and deep, deep sense of inner happiness and a sense of freedom from limitations. And it has a very a profound effect on our activity. It gives us much more clarity of mind, much more energy, much more creativity, and um, much more ability to access um, broader comprehension and the ability to focus sharply. And it's actually the most scientifically verified technique for mental development in the world. There have been more scientific studies done on this particular meditation than any, any, any other meditation in the world. Mahashi wanted it to be scientifically verified, and it was. There have been more than 600 different studies done at 300 different universities and research oh, institutes hmm. in 100 different countries around the world. So I, 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 I was convinced by the scientific evidence, and it, it is a very um, profound technique, which I've been practicing regularly for many, many years, and it has um, transformed my life. Because not only do I have the ability to experience pure consciousness on a regular basis, but I also have the huge wealth of knowledge which has been uncovered by Mahashi Maheshyogi. He's actually one of the greatest scientists of consciousness in the world. And I've learned all about Ayurveda, I've learned about Jyotish, I've learned about pulse diagnosis, I've learned about Yagyas, I've learned about um, gem therapy, I've learned about um, sound therapy. I've learned so many things from Mahashi, from the knowledge he's uncovered, that it's really um, been an amazing um, uh, gift for my life because I, I, I know how to take care of myself. I know how to heal myself. I know how to advise people if they're sick, what, what they should take. And it's it's just been so gratifying to have such a, deeper understanding of, of the great um, contribution given to the world by the Vedic knowledge. And I, I, I have immense gratitude for what I learned from, from Mahashi Maheshi all these years. Oh, thank you for just, thank you for say, say, sharing that. It's, it's still for me, it's like kind of like, it's hard for me to sink in because I think there's a lot of like, um, I don't completely understand, but then like just, hearing you say it and i know it's been that like, you've been doing it for for many years now but still the energy that you're bringing out from that i can feel the lightness you are smiling here and there like there's just there's so much gratitude that you have in this practice that you've been doing for so long and like of course um i don't know his full name because um but the person that ta tashi 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 Marushi. 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 Yes. Yeah. And so just, yeah, as I'm hearing it, I'm just listening to you and hearing you, the impact that he transcend to you, transcend. <laughs> uh, he literally, yeah, there's just no words for that. Um, how did you also, you know, from that to... How did it, and how is your life now in regards to like when you started, when you moved? And I know it's been over 20 years now, it's 2001, that's when you made that, the move. But how's your life now after that courageous move? And then 20 years later, and now here we are. 
Well, now my life is much more fulfilling because the one of the main reasons is because I'm doing so many interviews with people from all over the world now. I have um, so many requests for interviews and I, 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 every month I have several interviews and they're from people all over the world, Ireland, England. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a channel um, podcast was broadcast to Australia and I have so many mm-hmm. interviews um, now and and I have, you know, many more people coming to my YouTube channel and many more people coming to my podcast. And it's just like it's blossoming. Suddenly I'm being, I'm, I'm in demand. My knowledge is in demand and my, my um, expertise is more in demand. And, and my book, my novel, Pilgrimage on the Path of Love, it's getting re- very good reviews now. And all the things that I wanted are beginning to happen. So many doors are opening up now. And I'm very, very happy about that because I love sharing my work with the world. And it's something I've wanted for so many years. And the interviews are really giving me a chance to express the knowledge and express, you know, what I've gained all these years. And it's it's actually a wonderful experience for me. How was was the um, experiences when you're getting interviewed? Like, was there any... I guess not healing, but more like moments of when you learn more about yourself or even though you're sharing your expertise, was there any moments that were, oh, I didn't know about that myself as I'm talking about this? Well, 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 what I learned about when, when I read the reviews of my book, Mm -hmm. I, I was really, um, I was really, I mean, it really touched my heart because when you're writing a book, you're writing, you don't know how people are going to take it. You don't know how your writing will be received and you don't know what they'll get out of it. But when some people um, wrote their reviews of my book and they said such incredible things, one person said, this is the key to achieving world peace. They said that you you talk about the inter- interconnectedness of all living beings mm-hmm. and how you know you, you you talk about all the different cultures and and in your book and and this is actually the key to to creating world peace and I was so touched by that because of course I want world peace and I and I love speaking about how cultures from all different corners of the earth can get get together and live harmoniously. So I I was very touched by by the reviews for my book, and I and people saw things in it which I didn't know know was was there when I wrote it, because you don't necessarily think oh you know you wrote it for this reason you but then people bring things out and then you realize oh they saw this in the book they saw that in the book. And it, it really, um, it's, it's very gratifying to, to the writer, to the author, to see the people's reaction to the book. Yeah. The other, um, I had, I actually had an interview on my birthday last month, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what the interview would be like. It was very spontaneous. It was a man from England. Yeah. And um, actually, it was supposed to be 30 minutes. It turned out to be an hour and a half. He <laughs> wouldn't start <laughs> He just kept saying, I, I have more, th- I have a few more things to ask you. I have a few more things to ask you. So I said, okay, fine. So um, <laughs> it just went on. It just went on and on. And, and he, 
he, he said at one point, I was reading your book and it was time for me to go to bed, but I couldn't put it down. I, I just thought to myself, I just want to finish the next page. I just want to finish the next page. And, and he said he had to convince himself to go to bed because he <laughs> didn't really want to stop reading. <laughs> so I was, I was completely overwhelmed with my, when he said that. And of course, having that, that said to me on my birthday as well. So yeah. I thought, well, you know, <laughs> that was the great, greatest birthday present I could have gotten. And this is from England. And, you know, British people usually aren't that um, emotive. But um, is it they, they tend to be emotive? Huh? That's it. They tend to be emotive. They, they don't express the emotions that much. Yeah. So um, I he was expressing a lot. So <laughs> I I thought, well, this is fantastic, you know. <sighs> so I I was very happy with that. That was one of my most pleasant uh chats that I had with anyone it was a very long chat I was pretty tired afterwards but on the other hand it was it was very gratifying yeah I mean I can, I can see both sides of like someone saying to this is a, your book is such a page turner I can't like it's I need to go to bed but I just want to continue reading this I don't want to put it down I just want to keep reading and like you said he had to convince himself to like to go to bed and I don't yeah that someone saying that to you as the author that I can imagine that is such a and on your birthday too <laughs> it makes everything so wonderful and feeling with everything it's oh, I'm so happy I'm so happy that that interview happened all despite how long it was <laughs> yeah so am I I can't wait to see it it hasn't been broadcast yet huh it's probably he's probably still working on it right now editing and everything (laughs) but yeah and then so can you tell me a little bit more about the book i know like you went and you dive into it a little bit or you can't even show it till you have it on hand as well if you don't it's okay (laughs) oh yes i do it's right behind my so this is my book um pilgrimage on the path of love it's a story who it's a story of a woman who travels alone to India and after many challenges and soul-stirring experiences, she emerges triumphant with a much deeper understanding of her purpose in life and the meaning of true love. Wait, so is it so it's fiction is it fictional or is it more it's a it's a it, you can call it visionary fiction. Visionary. So it has a spiritual um bent to it. And it it, it it talks about the transformation of someone's awareness. Um, the travel she makes an ascent to the Himalayas, but this ascent is also an unfoldment of her own awareness. And all the people that she meets shed light on different aspects of her own personality. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a story of um of someone's inner development, and it, this is in the context of of living in in India with many different cultures. Is it? It's kind of it's um perpendicular to your life, even though it's visual uh, visual fiction. Is it perpendicular to your life in a sense of moving to India, learning how everything? Yeah, it, is? It, it is. It is a reflection of my life because, as an author, especially this is my first novel, one always integrates one one's own life into the yes. book. So it's, yeah. it's very um descriptive, and it and it it does reflect my own life. 
in many in many forms, but I wouldn't call it a memoir. But on the other hand, it, it is a reflection of my life. Yes. And my feelings about life and my meditation experiences as well. Yeah. Which are which are described in the book. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you, Barbara, for sh- sharing your knowledge, sharing your path, sharing everything. And I'm so thankful for just hearing your story of it's been a while, of course, while, but even so, even right now, like I, like I said before, you're glowing in the terms of like, you're, the path you made is where you are now. And you're like so happy you made this decision for yourself, you know, with, you know, as your mom being your closest and then not really talking to your siblings, you made this path for yourself and you're feeling, you're fulfilled. You're feeling fulfilled at this moment in your life like you said going on um, other podcasts interviews and just having your own podcast and creating your own book that's like all fulfilling stuff and I just I just like there's no words for me to even I'm just speechless because that's how I am I sometimes I don't have words and I just like make a lot of sounds because I just feel so good for you <laughs> anyway <laughs> Um, if you, so as we're segueing to the end right now, with your knowledge, expertise, your experiences and your story, what is one takeaway that you would like to share for us? I would like to say to people, they should follow their inner voice, be guided by their, by their heart. If they want to do something, if they, if they really feel a strong desire to do something, just go go in that direction and see how if nature supports. Just see what the um what the response is from the environment. You can never know unless you try, and you can never know know unless you start moving in the direction and let it be something that makes you really happy and brings great great fulfillment to your to your your feelings about life. Because whatever makes you really happy will tend to make the world more happy as well. And what we want to do is spread more joy in the world, spread more love, more joy, more peace. And if you're feeling happy and peaceful and fulfilled inside, you'll be radiating that into the whole collective consciousness of the world. So follow your heart and follow your inner guidance and move toward that which you really truly desire. And that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Like the first thing, the moment you, the first sentence you said about follow your inner voice. Yes. Once you follow your inner voice, everything, like you said, will follow through of creating peace for yourself, creating the environment that you're in, and also having people or anything gravitate to you. And the things that gravitate to you will bring you peace and joy in life. Exactly. Thank you, Barbara, just for being here. Also, thank you so much for just joining us. We really appreciate it a lot. It was my pleasure. And thank you for the interview. I enjoyed it very much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in and just joining with us. If you enjoy our conversation, please leave a review wherever you're listening. And look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Feast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to know more about Barbara Briggs, please look in the show notes for more information and for the links.